right. It is Monday night, everyone. So you know what that means. It is time for the Loud Pedal Podcast. And I am I am Corona Josh, joined today by my co-hosts, Mike Big Daddy, Clark Griswold, the mouth Brian Hustlinger, and the ghost yeah. Jennifer. And today we have a very special guest. We have the Everett Express, Mr. Gerald Chamberlain. Gerald, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. So, I guess I'll get right into it. Um, your experiences at Reading racing against uh, all those top dogs there. Um, what was, uh, you just want to get right into that? Well, sure. I, Reading, I started out here at South Bend Speedway in the 50s. And uh, I ran for Don Race Ford up here. Well, then, you know, we we got into that super modified deal with the sprint cars changing over to that. Uh-huh. When, one night down the ceilings grove, they had a 50 labber down there. That Jack Gunn was in charge of that at that time. $265 for a 50 labber. Whenever I come home, I told Don Race, I said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm, I'm not running these sprint cars for that kind of money. <laughs> so, you know, it was only about two weeks later, maybe three weeks later, there was a person up here, and I really, I mean, they were the, some of the family was the people bitching about the Bedford racetrack as far as dust goes. But anyhow, they were related somehow to to uh, Mrs. Deasy, Mrs. Paul Deasy, Mary, Mary Esther's her name, Mary Esther Deasy. And somehow they got a hold of me, and Deasy asked me if I'd run, and I said, yeah. So I went down to Reading. That would have been 1967 or 68. I'm not sure about that now. But I ran half a year that year, and then the next full year. And then 1970, I went with Mr. Bullock. So, so going back to your writing days, you know, obviously uh, you and Kenny Brightbill were uh, the two most winningest drivers there. Would you say he was? Were you and Kenny good friends, or was he a pain in your butt? <laughs> both, <laughs> both. Hell yeah, we got along real good and start until he started kicking my rear, and then I don't know if I liked him very good or not. No, I'm just kidding you, sir. <laughs> no, me and Kenny, as far as I know, we never, never had no trouble. So, you know, he's a very good competitor. To my knowledge, he don't run into nobody unless they run into him. So, I think he's a very good competitor. Yes, I do. That's good to hear. And you, you mm-hmm. and you've raced against Dick Tobias, Buzzy Bruneman, Malzahn. I mean, there's just a lot of them. Who was your favorite guy to go up against? Well, probably my favorite guy to go up against was probably Bright Bill, as far as that goes. But now, when you get into, like, Buzzy Rudiman and that clan, you're talking probably Nazareth in Middletown, New York. Like yeah. Flemington, if I went to Flemington, my, the guys to beat over there was usually Beavers and Pulaski and Billy Osmond. Oh, yeah. yeah. If, if you went to, uh, say, you went down to uh, East Windsor, well, there, Jennifer. my favorite driver down there surely wasn't Gary Blue because I got in a fight with him the one yeah. night. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're not the only one on that list. Is that right? Well, I thought I was a privileged character, no, but no. maybe I'm oh, not. No. Trust me, he took out Bobby Malzahn one night at uh, Middletown. He just loaded the car up, didn't go to Victory Lane, took all that ass off because uh, the boys were going down there looking for him. <laughs> well, down there at East Windsor is kind of funny because... Mike Garback, I'm sure you guys remember him. Of course, he got lost his life here at Reading, but he was a good buddy of mine. And down there with that that night, that happened. Of course, he was down there in the, 
As soon as Blue pulled up his helmet, I punched him right in the jaw, and I didn't get nothing said. Here was the Jones boys after me. They said, you're going to get kicked out of here. Well, Garback, he was laughing like hell. He says, Chairman, you're not up there with your daddy, Linda Vicari, now. He said, you're going to get kicked out of here. <laughs> well, it took me about probably an hour over there talking to Mr. Jones, and finally I did talk him into coming an old guard back whenever I went there and told him what was going on. He said, well, you can come down here next week. But he said, you're not going to get scored if you come down here, he said. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, so I guess it was all history. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> and then going, going on to, down the line, you know, if you, if, if you went down to Bridgeport, then you had to put up with some of those guys from U.S. 13, like Taylor and, well, hell, I can't remember their names now, but. They were from down in that, you know, yeah, the Delaware. Delaware, yeah, Delaware area, right down there. U.S. 13 or not? Well, U.S. 13 still there, but Georgetown is doing real good down there, very now. Yeah, Georgetown's so that's good going thing. really good. Georgetown's going really good, a lot better than what people expected. So it's it's good to have another. Well, you track. got that right. In fact, that's what that need, place needed. Somebody to come in there and clean it up, and do what it needed done to the track, and they saved did that so. In fact, I've heard they got two and three wide racing down here, so that makes a difference. Oh, yeah, they do. They have some great yeah, racing. Yeah, we really enjoy the racing at Georgetown, yep. Yeah. They, they well, added, I haven't got down there yet, but I'd like to go. Yeah, they added um, some banking won't regret the turns. It, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's great down there. It's nice. It's probably one of the faster tracks around, you know, with it being a half mile, and they added banking to it and stuff. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you ought to come down there sometime. We'll hang out with you down there. Bring the Falcon I certainly down. will. I certainly will. That'll be an invitation for sometime this summer, huh? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> That'll be good. I'd like enjoy that. When, like now, I go up here to Bedford, which Bedford, that's late models and like sportsmen's and stuff like that. Then I go to Port Royal. I get I get down to Port Royal with the Richies. That'd be, I don't know if you guys ever heard of Junior Richie. He was pretty good in this area. Yeah. He used to run Port Royal all the time. Now, this is his grandson that runs down there. His name is Drew Ritchie, the 880. So I go with him to Port Royal. Okay. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I go to Hagerstown or Cumberland or something like that. But study, I go to Bedford and Port Royal. One of our listeners, Bob Moyer, wants to know, which car was your favorite, the Coupe, the Falcon, or the Pinto? <laughs> well... The Pinto was my favorite because when that car was on, it would get so much side bite. Whenever you were coming off the turns like at Middletown or, say, Lebanon Valley, that thing would feel like as if it was going to rip the tires off the car sideways. That's unbelievable. That's no kidding. And my mechanic, he always said this, if you get enough side bite, you don't have to worry about forward bite. Forward bite will take care of itself. Right. Which is true. That makes sense. Yep, absolutely. Um, he, so he was the best. He was my mechanic. Was the best I was ever around, ever. Gus Freer, the very best. He fixed the motors. He fixed the transmission. He fixed the rear ends. There wasn't nothing he could. Do. There wasn't nothing he couldn't do. Nothing. Which, which track did? You- did you like better? Did you like Flemington or Reading? And out of those, whatever, which one you pick, why did you like that one better than the other? Well, 
I would say that'd be a toss-up because I I definitely liked them both. But I would say if I was going to run someplace all the time, it would be Reading because Flemington was a little, you know, you had to get into a like a like a Ferris wheel over there. You had to go in and out, in and out, and stuff like that. And boy, some nights if you didn't do that, you were really off kilter. So I would say Reading would be my very fastest or very very best really the one i would like the most and another thing people don't realize this but reading never started the warm-ups till like a quarter of eight lindy vacari was a firm huh that sounds like big diamond they don't start their features till like 12 o'clock at night (laughs) no i don't know about that but (laughs) lindy vacari was always evident that he didn't want no race cars on the track while the sun was out which makes a lot of difference yeah, it does. Yeah. Not, not going to dry out as fast. But I'm not saying Reading was the best track around. Hell, <laughs> nobody could keep up with that because things change every year. So you never know nothing like that. When you started racing at Reading, was this before Kenny uh, Kenny Brightbill showed up? <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't, know, I don't know what year. And to tell you the truth, the first year I seen Kenny, hell, I don't know what year that was. Like I said, I started there in 68 or 69, 67, I'm not sure. But anyhow, the first year I seen him was probably in the 70s. And he come up there with a blue 19 coach. And it had a small block Chevy in it. And I thought to myself, what the hell was that boy doing up here with that thing? <laughs> I guess he showed me what he was doing up there. Huh? <laughs> yeah. so, is it, so is it safe to say it was a little more fun before Kenny got there? <laughs> Well, <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far now or not, but yeah, I'm sure because after, after I don't know, if, I don't think he ever won a race with that small block in hell. I don't wouldn't know all that stuff, but whenever he put the big block in there, and probably my thing with Kenny is if if he had a car that he worked on himself, I would say he was much better in that car than he was if he somebody bought a car and put it in him. Yeah. If you yeah. know what I'm saying. Yeah, he was the That's what I would say, you know. Um, so, <laughs> go, coming up, you know, to today's racing, uh, have you uh, checked out the new Bridgeport Speedway at all? No, I would love to get down there, too. I was talking to Billy Patch this summer probably three or four times out here. I ran into him, and I was talking to him, and he said that is a very beautiful place, though. Oh, it's gorgeous. You have to go there, third, too. Third mile, pretty high banked, he said. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's very You nice like track. the racing down there? Oh, I love it. Good. Yeah, it's definitely, good. it's a different experience, but it's definitely a good different. Yeah, they're oh, yeah. going to find you down to that one, too, so. Well, I think one of the problems, like, whenever I used to go to Bridgeport, how they were getting, like, 40, 42 cars a night, which you need that on a track that big. Right. But, you know, when, when the fields thinned out and stuff like that, you know, starting 16, 18 cars to the feature, right. that's not enough cars on the 5-8-mile track, so it, it really deteriorates the racing. Yeah, and, uh, and if, with the 5-8s, you know, it, it, a lot of times it would get spread out, so it was kind of like follow the leader. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot of actual, like, side-by-side racing. Exactly. And that but, definitely changed you know, I with, think, the, with the new track they put, they did now, they definitely, uh, it definitely changed that up now. You got, you have a ton of side by side, three yeah. wide, sometimes even four wide going through that, those high banks. It's, 
It's like back when you used to race. Well, get this now. This was a long time ago, and I'm not trying to bring up NASCAR, but whenever I stayed with Tiny Lundunner, I'm going to say I was 67 or 68. David Pearson, he was there one time, and he was talking to, like, I don't know, four or five bus drivers there. And he said, you know, one of these days these mechanics is going to get these cars so fast, we're not going to be able to race them. You know, something I thought he was foolish in, but today, I think the man knew what he was talking about. Uh, I agree. I agree. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's unbelievable, really. Especially when it comes to sprint cars. (laughs) Well, technology, and boy, I think sprint car racing is, is what really hurts sprint car racing, I think, is the cost of those motors. Oh, yeah. Oh, My God, yeah. if you ain't got a $60,000 rocket ship in there, you might as well stay in the goddamn parking lot. <laughs> you ain't kidding. <laughs> Another one of our listeners, Kyle Horning, wants to know, where did you get your first car, and how much did you pay for it? <laughs> He's not going to believe this. My very first car. Here we go. <laughs> My very first car, some guy gave to me. His name was Lloyd Forey. He was a great big truck driver. He weighed about 300 pounds. I'm going to say in the 50s. I'm not sure if it was 56, 57. Up here at South Penn Speedway. He had an old flathead Ford. Uh Him and his wife went on vacation. He kept that car there at my dad's gas station, which was on the west end of Everett here. And he went on vacation for two weeks, and I... Got some boy, in fact, he's around here, nay boy. He had an old Dodge truck. He towed that thing to the racetrack and back had one of them bumper hitches he put on, you know, no trailer. And I took that thing over there and ran it for two weeks. And whenever Lloyd come back, this Lloyd Four, the guy's old a kid by the name of Crash Miller, which was one of his buddies, he teased him so much that Lloyd gave me the car. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went with a guy out here at Linford Corner and whole bunch of guys was in this area. We went up one town to uh, Englishtown, New Jersey, or yeah, yep, Englishtown, yep, yep. That was a half mile asphalt. Yep. Okay, that XL one won that race up there. They had modifieds, and then that SCCA. I'm gonna say they had sport car races. This yes. guy remembered he had a he had a uh, Condren. It was called. It was an Oldsmobile and. Uh, it had a real cut-down body on it. It was a sports car, naturally, right. and it had a 421 motor in it. Uh-huh. Well, anyhow, it's the first time I ever run into Jack Rouse. He come in there, he had, like, hell, he had three car loads of those Mustangs. Crazy, they left the field about ten times. <laughs> they were all factory cars. Right. But anyhow, whenever I come back home from that experience, here my brother taking my car to Fort Ashby, West Virginia, and whenever I come back, it didn't look the same. He got her upside down. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of what happened. I had to build a new car then. Of course, my mother said, my mother told him, you're not allowed to drive that car no more. So that kind of ended that. <laughs> so, out, so out of your career, what would you say your biggest win was? Well... My certainly my biggest win was was, and of course this is not a prestigious win, but that was at at Syracuse on the mile track whenever I won that there uh, fair race up there. That was a 
30 or 50 labber, I'm not sure of that. It wasn't like the big race, 100 labber. But anyhow, that day when we left there, I was with old Garback and Beavers and maybe Pulaski, I'm not sure of that. But we rode out of there with the police, the New York Police Department. They took us out of there to the airport. And Beavers asked this policeman, he said, how many people was there? And he says, as of... Three o'clock or five o'clock? No, three o'clock because he was taking us to the airport. He says as of three o'clock, there was thirty thousand people there. Wow! Wow! I was in New York. And that place is a mile square. Right. Yep. You know yes, the whole fairgrounds. Yes, I'm sure is. they all wouldn't listen to the races, but they were there. In fact, <laughs> I, I I thought I had NASCAR beat till Trump showed up down there, and then he he proved me wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you know, I'd be up there with Trumpy now. <laughs> oh yeah, oh absolutely, hands down, hands down, <laughs> hands down, huh? Okay. <laughs> or hands up, whatever you want to do. So when you met Jack Roush for your first time, did he still have? Did he still wear those hats that he wears? <laughs> uh, that's a good question, sir. I don't really remember that. Well, well, thank, thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> The old, the old cat in the hat, as they used to call him. Or still yeah, that's exactly right. Oh, yeah. Well, I can tell you one thing. When me and Gus, we stayed down over Tiny Lund for like 66, 67, 68, 69, like four years we were down there. Of course, I was never down there in the summertime. I was a salesman up here at Don Ray Ford in the summertime. In the wintertime, I'd get down there and stay with him, guys. One year, I don't know, that was 68 or 69, I get down there and they said Gus was over here talking to uh, Bud Moore. Bud wanted him to come to work. Next time I was down there, hell, here Bud and that there, the Ford expert. Roush? Not Roush. Yeah, no. What's the other guy's name there besides Roush? Yates, Robert Yates. Yeah, you- Robert Yates. Yates. Gus, Gus and Robert Yates got into an argument. Gus told him he didn't know what the hell he was talking about back to Ford Motors. And believe you me, when oh, Gus wow. Rear tells you something like that, he knew what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it was something to do with the heads. That's all. That's all I could say. I wasn't there. I was up here. But whenever I go back down here, come these crew guys out there, and they said, "Hey, your buddy was in to an argument." <laughs> and that's who it was with. <laughs> Robert, that's funny. So, yeah. so how much how much of the modified racing do you still follow today? Well, I wanted to go to this big last race down here, that SSTS or whatever that is, that series there, down so here in Port Royal. I wanted to go to that, but to tell you the truth, that was whenever COVID was really getting bad around here, and I was kind of scared of those guys coming in from, like, New York and all over the place because... Right. Going to different gas stations and stuff like that, hell, it's hard to tell what you could pick up. Right. So, so I really didn't go. I wanted to go. In fact, Billy Pouch, he called me from a couple times down there and wanted me to come down. But in Bright, Bill, he was looking for me down there, too. So I didn't make neither one of them, I guess. I heard Kenny was looking for you to, uh, to do a match race against you. <laughs> he was. <laughs> Where are we going to do that at? Right there on the track. He, he, he said he didn't care. He'd do it in the parking lot. Oh, okay. That was down at Port Royal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He was looking. So I'm looking for Chamberlain. Anybody see yeah. him? 
Well, I heard that because there's two or three guys told me that said, hey, your buddy was looking for you. I said, who the hell's my buddy? I said, "Bright Bill. I said, oh, hell, he's probably trying to kick the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> but, no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding you. <laughs> Yeah, well, aren't yep. you bigger than Kenny, though? Say again, sir? Aren't you bigger than Kenny? Well, maybe bigger around. I don't think I'm taller, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell, he, crazy. He, 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 when he got in that car sometimes, I thought he was his head would stick out the roof, and then I got over there and looked how he had the seat in there. Holy God almighty. <laughs> Did he have to do some rigging to get his uh, tall ass in there? Yes, he did. I guarantee he did. Yes, sir. That's true. Do some rigging. Nah, that would be... I know. I bet when he got in that statewide car, which I don't... That statewide car was... was it, was, in, was that a, a weld car or was that a Grand King car? Oh. You guys uh, it remember? Been, it might have been... It might have been one of each. That's a little bit before my time. I think, you know, Okay, well, anyhow, it been, anyhow. No, it might have been one of each. <laughs> one of each. Well, I'm sure he had to modify that car a little bit because they were kind of small for big guys like him. I think it was a Grant King car. Was it a Grant King car? I I'm not sure. Car. We, 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 talked, we talked to him we, about we, we two can months ask your ago. Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, right. Oh, well, I'll call him up and ask him probably no more. <laughs> Did you have Thanksgiving with him this year or no? No, I, I haven't seen Now, he was down there at Port Royal, too. They said he was looking for me now, but I haven't I heard, seen him. I heard, I heard he that. had that there, the Batmobile, which, to me, that Batmobile, if I would have had a choice in that, which I wasn't up there whenever that happened at Syracuse, but I don't think Glenn Donnelly should have left, never left that car running. Well, yeah. you know how. Yeah, well, I, I, I asked the, I asked the technical man. I said, "What for body was on that day?" He said, "A '63 Lincoln Coupe de Ville." Yeah. I said, "By God, somebody must have run over it pretty good." <laughs> 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 yeah, they must have run over it. Now, now he parades Somehow that car around. Somehow got all flattened out. Yeah, huh? now, he, now he parades that car around like it was the greatest thing ever built. Well. <laughs> Probably was for him because I'm sure it got a got a lot of publicity. That's true. Still does. Oh yeah, yeah it still yeah. does. Yeah, 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 still does to this day. Well, I can tell you this. <clears throat> One year, whenever I was tiny, that was '66. Me and him went from we ran, uh, say Jacksonville, Florida, that that night or an afternoon. I don't know which. But anyhow, the next day we was going to get down to uh, Hialeah, Florida. And and run a race there. We stayed with a guy named Paul Connors, me and Tiny did. But anyhow, whenever we got down there, that's the first time I'd ever seen Gary Ballou run. In which he run just like he did up here. He hit every goddamn buddy on the racetrack except the uh-huh. flagman. Uh-huh. <laughs> he did. Yeah, we, we know a couple of drivers like that uh, currently that do that, too. Well, there is a couple like that. <laughs> Sometimes guys like that don't make it very far, but nope, you know nope, they sure no, don't. No, they don't. That's right. That's yep. the truth. Yeah, they usually get. Uh, you've also you've also raced against uh, Will Cagle. Is that correct? 
Oh, yeah. In fact, Bill Cagle, he bought one of my cars. He was going to... In fact, he did copy that car and sold a bunch of frames up there. Oh, wow. Bill Cagle. Uh, well, he, when he got that car, he said, me and Gus changed a bunch of stuff. I said, well, we didn't change nothing on that car. I said, you got to learn how to drive it. I said, first place, you don't know how to drive it. <laughs> there was a lot. <laughs> I can't just see that. What's that? Will Cagle considered one of the great. You're telling Will Cagle considered one of the greatest all the time. You know, you're gonna have to learn how to drive that wheel. <laughs> well, listen, he had he had them thirty six, thirty eight Chevrolet cranes, which I asked Buzzy Reardon one time, how in the hell do you tell if that frame has been as many twists and curves it's got in? It's got four thousand prop rivets in. And I said, how do you tell if that frame has been? He told me, he said, Chairman, he said, the best thing to do is don't worry about the frame. Measure all your points, and if your points are okay, don't worry about where the frame is, which I think is the truth. (laughs) But anyhow, getting back to Will Cagle, I think he couldn't drive a car with quick steering in it. Yeah, that's true. He was used to those four turns. You know, you turn two turns this way and two turns back the other way, I says. Kegel, when you're still turning the steering wheel, I'm, I already turned my car, and I'm someplace else on the track going. You're still back there trying to turn. <laughs> I don't think he likes me too good now. No, <laughs> no Thanksgiving dinner with Will Kegel either, huh? <laughs> Probably not. <clears throat> oh, I had a few run-ins with Kegel. I know one time whenever I took that late model up to rolling wheels there, Kegel, he was up there with his car. And this, and that was NDRA then back in. Yep. A guy named Fuzzy, he was a desk or the NDRA inspector. He told Kegel, he says, Kegel, them tires are too big on this car because back then you was only allowed 12 and a half inch tires. Kegel, he had 13 half inch. <laughs> and some guy from Atlantic City, New Jersey, had a junkyard down there, used to sponsor Kegel. But anyhow, this guy, Fuzzy, he kept going around the car and he says, Kegel, you got to take them tires off this car. This guy got a hundred dollar bill out of his pocket, waved her back and forth like that under old uh, Fuzzy's nose, and stuck it in his pocket. <laughs> Fuzzy he went around the car about times and he said, "Keiko, I think them tires are gonna be okay." <laughs> <laughs> you ask Keiko about so that; I'm he'll <laughs> tell you about that sometime. <laughs> we'll have to get him on the show so we can ask him. Yeah, you that. ask him about that. That was up there, that NDR race, rolling wheels. You'll remember that. I'm hey. sure. <laughs> hey, it, it, only cost, it only cost him 100 bucks. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, right. Well, 100 bucks back then was a lot of money. That's true. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah, not like it is today, really. It would have cost him a lot more if he had to change the tires out. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing Kegel, hell, he probably didn't have no tires to put on it. Probably not. <laughs> I the first... Go ahead, go ahead, Gerald. The first uh, Lebanon Valley 200 I went up there at Lebanon Valley, how we decided to go there from Reading a Friday night, and that race was Saturday afternoon or Saturday night, I'm sure about that, the 200. How we went up there, we didn't have no tires. So Kegel, he had some tires there, and I said, I want this one, this one. He said, that won't work. I said, Kegel, probably won't work for you, but it'll work for me. So that's what I put on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Of course, about the 100th lap when them tires come in, and I, you know, I could have lapped the field that night. Day. You should have. You think you could have lapped yourself that night? No. <laughs> no. Not myself. Hell no. <laughs> I'm sure of that. <laughs> oh, God. That's funny. Oh, man. You're... Oh. Uh, you've also won the the southern. Was it when you won at Five Mile Point? Was it the Southern Tier 200? or Was it still a, just a hundred lap race? No, it was just a hundred lapper. Then, yeah, yeah, it was a hundred lapper. It was in wasn't a two hundred lapper. I think about three or four years later, maybe. Okay. Yeah, that race isn't yeah. around anymore. Unfortunately. Oh, it's not. No, they tried it. Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah, yeah, they. Yeah, it hasn't been around in a while that was one of the classic races too yes it was yeah oh yeah well the last or the yeah the time i won it i'll put it that way when we got up there we actually cleaned snow in fact I, my parents come along and i actually cleaned the back that time they only had wooden bleachers like they had posts you know cut off and planks on them that's what they had and i had i had took a little shovel and cleaned the snow up there I had about two inches of snow that day oh wow yeah. Oh, yeah, but then in the yeah. afternoon, yeah. Yeah, in the afternoon, it probably got, oh, probably 65, 68. Pretty good, really. You've also won the 1973 and 1976 Eastern States. Those were 200 lappers, correct? Right. I had that race won five times, five times, only one or two. That's that's still very good, though. But they tell me Gary, Gary, uh, uh, yeah, not again. Gary, yep. not my buddy. They're Wait a minute. Again. <laughs> Brad Hearn, Brad Hearn, he oh. is. I, I think he has six wins up there in the two hundred, five or six. I'm not sure which. You have to oh. tell me. He has twelve. Twelve two hundreds. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I got. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> I you, thought you. it was six. I was only giving half the credit. <laughs> that's all he deserves. <laughs> well, that's all he kind of deserves anyway. But anyway, you know the hundred dollar <laughs> bill story you just told us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, I remember that hundred dollar bill I just told you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how we added six more. He did have twelve wins up there. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's got. Uh, I think he's got twelve big block t- uh, Eastern States titles. Yes. Well, look. Whenever I run that triple sixes up there, that was on Saturday. He used to run there, and he ran both divisions. Then you know the modifieds and the and the sportsman. Oh my God, that sportsman car he had! How he could lap the field out there in twenty or twenty-five laps, whatever they run. Yeah, the twenty. Yeah, the twenty car. Which I'm like this. If Lenny Salmon's down there, would realize if they took his sportsman wins off his modified, it might be add up to like seventy percent of his wins. <laughs> That's- would that would that be a factor in what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that'd be a huge factor. Take his warm up wins away. A huge factor. <laughs> well, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe I didn't give him enough credit. Maybe it's thirty percent in the small blocks and sixty percent in the big blocks. Ten percent of seventy percent. I think you had it right the first time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm going to go with my part. I'll agree with you on the first time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I know that so for a fact because I watched that many Sunday or yeah, Saturday afternoon up there. That, usually they run those sportsmen sometimes before the modifieds. Right. 
Yes. In Middletown, so, you know, I watched him yes. all the time. In fact, that's like okay. that Ray Everham. Christ, when he, when he become Jeff Gord's main man, hell, it was only about five or six years before that I'd seen him come to Flemington a couple times. And now he would sit on the trailer over there. He never qualified. <laughs> but he he always claimed that he was a much better uh, car owner than he was a driver, so I guess I'm proof of that. Yeah, some people just aren't <laughs> cut out for driving. Nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never knew the guy before that, really, Ray Abraham. In fact, I think he has one of Frankie Schneider's cars down there that, that uh, he's working on now. It may be the car that I ran for Frankie for a while. Oh, really? Was he, oh, yeah. Res- what's he fixing it up, restoring it? Yeah. That's it's awesome. that cool best, I think they call it. Okay, yeah. Uh, Bill, some, Bill something or other, Frankie and the Frankie's boy, Frankie the third, gave the, the car to him. Now, you know, I don't know if he gave it to uh, to Abraham uh, or not. I don't, I don't know that story. But I heard Ray has it down there. But that, I ran that car whenever I used to run for Deasy because I didn't have nothing. I used to stay over at Frankie Snyder's sometimes on Saturday night. Right. He told me, I met him through Paul Deasy, and he told me if I ever need a place to stay, just come up here. I told him I'd stay in Deasy's camper. He said, come on up here and stay with me. So I did. Well, then on Sunday afternoons, I'd run that old car of his up here at Nazareth on the half mountain, and I'd go to, to uh, Redding that run, night and run Deasy's car. Of course, Redding was running Friday and Sundays then. Okay. So that's how that works. So get, so, so get it back uh, to Gary Below, your, your, your best friend there. How many times did you guys actually trade paint? Me and Gary Blue. Yes. Very few times because whenever I got raced with him, I wanted to pass him and get away from him. Or either stay behind him, one or the other. <laughs> Which I didn't like to stay behind, so I tried to pass him and get away from him. But now, Gary Blue, when when he came from, like, Florida, he was in southern Florida there, in that highly area, somewhere in that area. He came up here, and probably that was in the... 70s. He he raced a car up here out of Pittsburgh, PA. Was a late model on dirt. He did that for like about three years. And hell, I don't know. He says he has over 1,100 career wins. Well, Christ, I only seen him win about four or five out in here in them four years. I do be laughing down here. It's not funny. Oh, you guys are going to get me in trouble tonight. Oh, no. Oh, no. We do. Oh, no. You do fine all by yourself, just like we do. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to friend, friend them up. Wait till you hang out with us if you ever get the chance to. You'll see. Okay. That'll be a good thing, I'm sure. Jennifer, Jennifer's the one that you have to watch. When's that now? I said Jennifer's the one that you have to watch. She's the instigator. Oh, okay. Well, there's one of them in every crowd, you know. Yeah, she's the Uh one. Oh, she's the one. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, you don't tell me there's a girl hanging out with all you boys, is there? Oh, Oh, yeah. Josh and Jennifer. (laughs) (laughs) Two of them. Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Man, you guys are lucky, I'll tell you that. See how deep her voice is? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they get yeah the you guys they are lucky. The they get the cutie with the beard, so it's all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, when it, whenever I raced, I, I mean, a lot of guys got mad at me because I didn't drink very much back then. Right. I'd already got that out of my system back here in South Penn Speedway in that kind of days there. <laughs> I had a motorcycle from, like, I had this motorcycle that I got in 58. It was a 59 Harley XLCH. One year up in Watkins Glen, I was in, me and a guy from New York was in this guy's, no, he was in Canada, excuse me, was in this guy's bar room riding around with them two motorcycles. That's how nuts it was. <laughs> in a bar. You, did you just That's say awesome. you're, hmm? you're racing motorcycles in a bar? Not racing, just riding in there. Oh, oh okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, cre- creating, oh, so dis- <laughs> creating a disturbance, you could say, we were doing. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's just a little bit. Anybody call the cops on you? Y'all, hell yeah. <laughs> Back the next day, I went over there to that bar room, and I was going to apologize to the owner. And this guy, he said, well, he's not here now. But he said, buddy, if I would be you, if you was the guy that did that, he said, I'd get out of here. That guy's going to kick your ass. So I did. <laughs> <laughs> and then that was, was Kenny Brightfield with you at the time? Oh, heck no. I left him in Reading. I didn't even know Kenny then. <laughs> Oh, then okay. I was down there at that, you ever go to Daytona for the Bikers Week? No. Oh. oh, man. I was down there three years in a row. One year they had this AMA parade down past Smokey Unique's garage on A1A there. Four-lane highway. Well, guess what? I started to rear that parade, and whenever they got down there about three miles, I guess, or two miles, probably three miles, I was leading in because I was taking that motorcycle and going from one sidewalk to the other, jumping the middle barrier and just spinning that thing around. I mean, I wasn't nuts on a motorcycle. I was crazy. <laughs> I mean, crazy. Whenever I stuck that thing down there at Breezewood, came off the turnpike, this guy came off the turnpike. I was coming up 30. He went right across in front of me. I stuck that motorcycle through the side of that 60, 60 or 61 Chevy two-door oh boy. sedan right behind the post. I stuck her in there. Now I was lucky <laughs> enough to let go of the handlebars and slid across the roof and did a <laughs> couple of somersaults. <laughs> and after that, I promised the good Lord I wouldn't ever ride a motorcycle again. I never did. <laughs> so that ended that right there. That was probably a good thing. It sure was, I'm sure. Yeah. It's basically for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's basically for me, yes, sir. Well, tell me some other stories, you know. I've been telling you guys a bunch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we don't have any. We, 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 no, yeah, no, we don't have any. No, nothing. Well, I can nothing, tell you another story. Compared to yours. I can tell you another story about $100 bills. Go for it. One night after that was up at, uh, let's see, Rockingham, I believe, yeah, Rockingham, North Carolina Speedway. Uh-huh. I was up there with Tiny Lund, naturally, and uh, he had a bunch of cars there. Well, Bud Moore was there because he had five or six cars out there, and I was supposed to get to drive one. They were testing tires. Well, I never got to drive one because somebody wrecked the car. But anyhow, after the, the tire test was over, there used to be like a little cafe down there outside of the that had been a first or second turn it was outside of there just a wee little small place there was about six or eight of us sitting there around a the circle there and old bud moore he was there 
he gets his $100 bill, he threw it on the table there, and he said, hey, boy, he said, go get us some whiskey. Well, I looked around. <laughs> I picked up that $100 bill, and I waved around a little bit, and I, get, and I stuck it in my pocket. I said, I won't be back. <laughs> oh, Bud Moore, I thought he was going to jump up and kick my ass. Old Tiny said, Tiny Lund, he says, don't worry about him. He'll tell you anything, he said. <laughs> so, so did you end up buying whiskey or no? Hell yeah. <laughs> Got four, four fifths of uh, Seagram 7 probably down there at a little grocery store right in that there. Rockingham, I guess it is. A wee little town area. I don't even think it had a red light in it. <laughs> and I took them back there. Bud was probably happy to see me whenever I got him back. You guys drink all of them that night? Did I what? Did you guys drink all the whiskey that night? They did. I had to drive Tiny home, you know that, for oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was good at that, Tiny. When we'd, when we'd go down the road from someplace, he'd start running off the side road. I'd say, pull the hell over. He, 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 I mean, he did that intentionally. He wanted me to drive, so then I'd start driving. <laughs> I knew him, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I used to go down there to his camp with him. I was probably down there 10 or 12, 14 times. Nice place. Sounds it. I think his daughter has that now, Tiny's daughter. Tiny lost his life in uh, Talladega, I think, in 75 or 76. Oh, wow. I'm not sure what. Yeah. That's before my time. I was before your time, too. Christ, when were you born? 80, 87. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. You're a young little squirt. Sure am. Yeah, I was born in 41. I'll, I'll soon be 80 years old. I'll be, so I uh, lived in April. I'll be 34 on Wednesday. Wow, that's really neat. I like that. Yep. That's You're in the prime of your life right now, boy. Sure am. Yep, I'd say that's for sure. Enjoying all this racing. Well, buddy, that's a good thing. I'll tell you what, you want to enjoy your ride again. What do you think is going to happen this summer? You think this pandemic is going to go out of here? You think it's going to stay the same? Or what do you think of that? It's out uh, of here. I hope it's out of here it's so that here. Uh, New York can open back up and get some racing going up there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah that was pitiful. That governor up there, he's a... He's something else, I don't I better not yep. say what I think he might be. But. <laughs> he's, a, he's a Nazi. No, he's a Nazi. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. He certainly is. I think yeah, he has I, all their beliefs. I, I live, yeah. Yes, he yep. does. Yeah, I think he, he has all their beliefs. Yeah, he really screwed up racing in New York this year. Oh, my God, yeah. Among other things, Would, yeah. Did yeah. Middletown, did they ever yeah. get that 200 in or whatever? Yes. Yeah, they yes, did. A, oh, I, somebody yeah. told me they did. I didn't know that. It was one. one that was always on as often. Did they have to put people up on the hill there on the back straightaway hill? No. They weren't they weren't allowed to have any fans. Oh none at all. None at all. None at all. Nope. Well look, that's another thing I wonder about. Like NASCAR. Whenever they go back with fans, do you think the fans are gonna show up because the fans is gonna know they don't really need no people in the grandstand to have these races. They they get it all through TV money. Right. You think that's uh, going to be a bad thing or a good thing? Uh, NASCAR's on its way out. Yeah, I think NASCAR's a dying dying sport. <laughs> well, they, they've changed it so much and they made the racing, I think, boring now. 
And yes, it, got, it is, yeah. And and you don't have any talented drivers in NASCAR. It's all it's all rich kids because daddy's got money, so they're putting a race car. That's very true. Very true. All the, ta- you know, all, the talents, that. all the talents on the dirt tracks now. That well, yeah, I agree with that, and I hope that's right because hell, the young kids, they, a lot of them, they like to stay with dirt, but. Like, even whenever I was down there with those years with Tiny, the places I ran, hey, there was six, eight guys stayed around all the time, buddy. If you screwed up, they were right there. They'd give give the yeah. guy you were driving for, they'd give him money to take your ride. Right. Yeah. I see. I mean, like I... That anymore. Uh, uh, huh? It's yeah, not like that anymore. You buy, you buy your way in. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of a shame, but, you know, it's... And the, the cost of racing now, even for a dirt modified, is so expensive. Yes, sir. It's, yeah, it's out of line. I mean, you're talking, you know, you talked earlier about 60000 for a for a sprint car motor, but if you don't have 50000 in a big block motor, you ain't doing nothing. In a big block motor? Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. That is way out of sight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, that's down- what it. That's what I say. This that guy that did my stuff at Gus Freer. Yeah. He can. He didn't. He did motors, transmissions, didn't rear ends. He did all that stuff. Carburetors, distributors. The only thing we would ever run would be either a magneto or distributor. We never elect electronic ignition. In fact, no. I'd say a lot of those Middletown races that we won. We won them because a lot of them guys switched over them desperation. You'd be going along, you'd see this car smoking hotter than hell. The goddamn disc brakes seized up on them things. Oh yeah. You know they weren't they weren't they weren't really they weren't really what do I want to say panned out whenever they first come out. You know everybody thought which they are the going thing. There's no doubt about that. Right. But they sure wasn't whenever they first come out. They had a lot of problems. Yeah. So you kind of yeah. sat back and let them work out all the kinks in it. Right, we stuck with those old drum brakes for a long time. Of course, we never had any trouble with them. I mean, they weren't near as good a brake, but never had any trouble. But then there's guys that run with the brake and guys that don't. So I was probably one of the guys that didn't run with brakes. But yeah, who needs brakes? What do you need brakes for? <laughs> yeah. Well, we know, <laughs> we know Gary Blue never used them, so. <laughs> oh my God, he had them red from the first lap on, Gary Blue. <laughs> You guys, you guys ever ever hear this guy? His name's Buddy Armel. Yeah, I He's have. He's from Winchester, Virginia. No, I never heard Me of him. Me and Gus built a car for a kid down there, Junior Boone. It had a Ford motor and stuff in it. But anyhow, Buddy had trouble with his car. Buddy, he ran for Pappy Stoltz, Lee Stoltz. Okay. But Buddy, anyhow, he got in that car one night, and Christ, he was the same way. He told me, he said that thing don't have enough brakes for it. I said, holy hell, you got that rotors red on that thing from about the sixth lap on the whole feature. I said, you're one of them guys. I said, you don't drive with a gas pedal. You drive with a brake pedal. I ain't going to do no good now, is it? I didn't think it was, but a lot of guys think that way, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, sir. Gas pedal makes you go. Yeah, right. <laughs> The other one is for stop. That's in case somebody crosses in front of you. Yeah, you just give them the old chrome horn. Yeah, give them the, yeah, give them the old, <laughs> well, give them the old Gary Blow. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> 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 
Now listen, he might be down there in Florida listening to this program. You know, he might call me up tomorrow. He might come. He might come kick my ass. All of us is really. Yeah. <laughs> Which, Except if he Jennifer. comes up, I'm not calling you guys right away. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're gonna, we're gonna block this number. <laughs> oh, good idea. You're, you're just like Facebook and Twitter, by God. <laughs> Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, now we'll come, we'll come, we'll, we'll come stand side by side with you and take Gary Ballou on. Well, I guarantee if I ever show up down there at Lenny Sammons' show, he'll probably be down there to greet me. I guarantee you that. Of course, I don't guess they're. Pro- I haven't heard too much about that, but I don't think Sammons is probably going to be allowed to have most anything this this what are you a fall and winter? I guess you could say. Because yeah. I don't think they're going to let him have that show, and he probably won't be able to have a lot of those indoor shows. I think all the indoor shows are already canceled. Oh, they are already canceled? I think so, except for the, uh, they do that dirt race indoors up in Trenton, New Jersey. I think that one's still on. Okay. Now, that's what, is that like the last of February or something? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Where they race the 600 micros on dirt inside. Okay. But I think all the is other that, ones are canceled. Is that where that guy, I think the guys from New York come down here and put that dirt on there, and they said it was a good show last year. I, yeah. Somebody yeah. was telling me that. I think it was that guy that that they got to do the uh, the dirt show up there at that asphalt track up north there. Oh, Oswego? Yes. Yeah. They said that was the same guy that did that. They say he's pretty good at that. He knows how to knit that stuff together. <clears throat> I wonder if he's the same guy going all the way down to Bristol and putting the dirt on there. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you another story. Brewerton, New York. Yep. We went up there probably 73 or 74. I'm not sure what that was. But this guy, the promoter, he called me up and wanted to know if I'd come up. And I said, yeah, of course, Donnelly, he was there. But anyhow, that was a blacktop track back then. It was a blacktop. Okay. And he put like four inches of dirt on it. Well, he had that thing so wet, so wet. If you get down there, if you went down the corner and you even touched your car, it would just push front end straight ahead. Oh, man. But to make a long story short, I got a drag tire, which on the right rear, that's the one we ran down at Bridgeport. It was like a 16-inch and 17 inches wide. I mean, it was a great big thing. Uh-huh. Probably 112 or 114 inches. I put that on the right side, and they had one of them little low-profile firestones on the left side. Can you imagine how much stagger I had? <laughs> I'll tell you what. In the warm-up laps, I'd have to get down, get down the, the straightaway, holding the steering wheel over towards the fans. But anyhow, I was the first lap. I started 18th or 19th. In the first lap, I went down there and I just on the straightaway. I flipped that car around backwards, slid in the turn. <laughs> Come up the same way. Them guys ran five laps. I ran ten laps. <laughs> After the race, the promoter came out there. Why? When we had this race, I looked over on the grand the grandstands. How there's people standing on the roof? I looked over on eighty one. I thought there was a wreck. There wasn't no wreck over there. Here these fans are up there on the grandstand. This promoter got him out and he says, "Watch this guy. He's goddamn crazy." He says. <laughs> well, then <laughs> after the race, he came over there and he said. You're crazy," he said. "I said I've been around racing 36 years, and I never in my life seen nobody drive like that." 
He said, are you going to drive like that in the future? I said, well, buddy, it depends on your track. <laughs> and about that time, old Gus Rear, he came out there where we was talking, and he lent his head in the wind, and he said, Gerald, he said, I haven't seen you do that since the days of Haston, which that's a wee little track out here in our area. <laughs> that, that's familiar. He went off someplace, and Glendon, his troops, they were all standing there in the sun. He came back around here. He started to give me a bunch of crap. I said, listen. You go over there and tell all them guys in that lineup over there. I said, you just seen a dis- display of dirt track racing at its finest, buddy. Absolutely. Oh, he went, oh, yeah. I told him that. <laughs> you ask him. He'll tell you that, too. We'll have to get him on the show one day, too. That's right. The, the, the promoter, he used to be the promoter at Brewerton. Yep. Yes, he was. <clears throat> and then there's a, there's a company up here. Moral Brothers Trailers, they go clean up into Canada. To They buy tarps up there and then bring them back here and sell them, you know. And they was up there one time, and this guy came over here and he said, Hey, you guys remember? They said, Yeah. They said, We, you want to know Gerald Jamin? He said, Yeah. He said, He's crazy. That son of a bitch is crazy, he said. <laughs> Why, well, these guys up here in Morals, I said, I know exactly where they come from. That guy was down here at Brewerton one night when that happened. <laughs> and he was, too. And he found that out later. He was. He worked at a tire shop or something up there across the street from where they were picking up these tarps at. This is about 60 or 80 miles up into Canada. Oh, wow. <laughs> In fact, that Mike Feltenberger, you know, he just had that T-shirt thing for me? Yeah. Yeah. I actually sold some T-shirts from people from Canada. Really? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That is crazy. Yes, it was. Yes, sir. All right, well, Gerald, we appreciate your time tonight. It was certainly a blast. We definitely, oh. uh, we definitely oh. had our uh, fair share of Thank laughs. But, uh, oh. Well, oh, yes, well now, listen, I'm not done yet because <laughs> you will re- you bill, you will be receiving a bill for my uh, oh, expertise. Yes, okay. there you go. Services is better. <laughs> that, that's Jennifer Hausman at. Uh, one, two, three, four, Main Street, Beckersville, Pennsylvania. <laughs> send a bill to her. Oh, okay. Actually, hey. you can send our bill to Joe Biden. He'll pick up our tab. Oh, yeah. he'll take care of it. Buddy, I'll tell you what, that is the man. If you don't believe him, you just ask him. He'll tell you. Yeah, he'll tell you all about it. I'm sure he will. He'll tell you how crooked he is, really. <laughs> hey, listen, thanks a lot, fellas. And I had a good time, and I enjoyed it. And, hey. Thank you. Need for anything on. else? Give me a ring and hey, send me a card so I know where you're at and stuff like that. Absolutely. We'll, okay, uh, sure. We'll, we'll, we'll meet. You, we'll meet up with you at a racetrack sometime soon. That'll be good too. Okay, boys, have a nice day. Thanks, right, Gerald. You too. Thank you. It. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Mm, crazy goddamn man. <laughs> I'm trying to put it in backwards. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Wow. He was my dad's favorite driver. Man. Wow. <laughs> wow. Hands down. Unbelievable. Dude. Yeah, that's, that's it. Right. You ever express Gerald Timber, you've won the best the best interview, the best guest on so far, hands down. Wow. My stomach right still We're hurts. Done. We're done. That was that was that's wow. the that's season two. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what it 
an old timer race car is that man and the motorcycles too and racing in the bar and all that stuff it, wow <laughs> i can listen to this guy for hours it just it, that was amazing that was just absolutely Dude, amazing when he punched we, balloon in the face <laughs> if we if we meet up with him at a racetrack i'm not sure we're oh. gonna watch any racing <laughs> oh my no, god you're not. no you're not we're not Oh, yeah, but man. do you care? You went there to be entertained by Gerald Chamberlain, one of the greatest of all time. Gerald you know, might be more entertained in the race. <laughs> I want to get him and Brightville together. Oh, oh boy. I'll, I'll, no, I want to get him and Baloo together. Yeah. You won't ever get them apart. <laughs> Gerald could take them. Yeah. Man, that was funny. Oh, that was that was great. That was just great. Oh. Wow, that was it's just great, man. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, man. I have nothing to say. <laughs> I, I have literally nothing to say. There's the first. Uh, he did it all for me. That's going to be me at 80. That's so I'm going to be Gerald Chamberlain. Wow. Yeah, that's, uh... we're, we're all shot, <laughs> folks. We're, we're, yeah. We're in, yeah, we're in shock at, we're, we're in shock and all right now. Gotta love those old, gotta love the old timers, man. Oh, that was fantastic. That's what it's about right there. You know, it really is. Yeah, it sounds like he had a lot of fun in his life. You think? Imagine just hanging out with him, just being just like a little sidekick, following Gerald Chamberlain. That, that would have, damn. Oh, I don't know which, which, I, I can't wait to listen to this one, Mike. Yeah, I know. I don't even know which my favorite part of the show is, where you punch balloon in the face or what? I don't know, those uh, motorcycles in the bar was pretty funny. Oh, the motorcycles. The motorcycles. The motorcycles. motorcycles in the bar was pretty funny. <laughs> that was very, that was very funny. Wait, you were racing around? Nah, just riding around in there. And a hundred dollar bills. Hundred dollars. Yeah. Twelve and a half. Bill was Thir- good. Uh, Thirteen inch tire. Thirteen. Oh, that's there you go. Good. Let me just uh, stick that right in your coat pocket. And they look through, <laughs> go around it one more time. You know what? Go ahead. You're all right. Tell Will Cagle. Tell Will Cagle how to drive. <laughs> he probably didn't qualify that night anyway. So, hundred dollars didn't do shit for him. Wow. Oh. oh, great show. Great show. <laughs> wanna, awesome I mean, there's show. there's yeah. nothing there's nothing else to even say in this episode. Yeah, yeah do, you, do you just want to sign off now? Yeah. Go ahead, take her. All right. Well, everybody, that was the <laughs> <laughs> that was the Everett Express, <laughs> Gerald Chamberlain, with possibly one of the best interviews I've ever had. <laughs> it's going to be hard to top that one. Sorry to anybody else on the show. That was just... <laughs> unbelievable but uh signing off corona josh for this week we'll see you guys we're back on thursday then again no, no. Monday night, no? Okay. we'll be back monday night next monday night uh well signing off corona josh with my co-hosts big daddy mike clark griswold the mouth brian hustlinger and jennifer the ghost and this was the loud pedal podcast you have been black flagged shut the f- up